No ketchup. No ketchup. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Big Nick the Quick on the line. Yes, sir. August 11th. Summer flying. Mm-hmm. Summer flying means college football season is supposed to be around the corner. That's what you look forward to when, when summer's ending, right? Like, okay, fall's coming, ball's coming. You know what I'm saying? Yep, NFL training camps, full swing. And all that, all hard, that. Hard knock starts tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All that. So, Big Ten has a meeting today. They're potentially going to cancel it. That's the rumblings. Um, so, college football is in jeopardy because no potential about it. Yeah, I mean, the Big Ten is the Big Ten, and if it's not, if it's, it goes SEC, Big Ten, it might even still go Big Ten, SEC for revenue purposes. For quality of football, it's probably SEC. But uh, Big Ten having a meeting, potentially canceling. Rumblings are they are going to cancel. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence, his comments about the players. Um, A lot of players are talking about they want to play ball. Um, We'll break that down. Obviously, bubble ball, it's starting to come to an end. We're going to talk about Pelicans officially being eliminated. We'll break down Luka Doncic. This guy is different. Um, We'll talk about the Suns. I know Big Quick has a lot to talk about with the Suns. Book. (laughs) <laughs> they uh they are still undefeated, still rolling, um, playing with a chip on their shoulder. I I guess you could put it you could put it like that. I mean, they're in the mix. And um I want to talk a little bit of heat pacers. We'll go into that. And then uh we'll close out the show with uh a couple a couple random things we want to talk about. Big Nick the quick. What's really good? How you doing? How's the weekend? What's going on? Man, chilling, man. You know, like you said, summer, summer kind of wrapping up here. So just kind of soak up August a little bit. Yeah. Weather's been lovely outside of the little uh whatever that was last night, little tornado situation. So I hope everybody's okay from that. But yeah, man, you know, just just enjoying the summer, man. Try trying to get the best out of it, you know. I know everybody's been inside the house for most of it or outside, but not really, you know, doing the normal summer activities. But uh hopefully, you know, still getting it in and spending some time with some people. But Chilling, man. Can't yeah. complain. No complaints. No, 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 never. Could be worse. Could be worse. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. That's the same thing with me. I uh, I still been watching a ton of ball. Still haven't been watching any hockey. Cubs got <laughs> Cubs got canceled, so I didn't watch any. Uh, I didn't watch any baseball. You didn't watch any White Sox baseball. I watched a little bit actually. I had a couple yeah. wagers going on where I was I was sneaking in between. I am completely ice cold on UFC. I can't hit anything on UFC. Every weekend I lose. I, I make a bunch of money during the week, and then I give a little back on UFC on the weekend. So I got to chill on that. Um, big fight coming up this weekend, though, for the heavyweight belt. Uh, we'll talk about that another time. But, yeah, it was good, man. You know you know how it is. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. College football on the verge when, when a big player like the Big Ten disappears and they cancel, more times than not, people fall in line and they and they cancel. Um, 
What are your initial thoughts? We'll get into Trevor Lawrence and those guys. Or is it is it, would this is this an opportunity for a spot like the Mountain West to fill a void? Like, no, nah, we're not canceling. <laughs> like, no, I, we'll I think- play. And, and you know what I'm saying? All the TV deals we got, we'll we'll try to slot in some primetime slots. Like, talk to me. Yeah, so I think so, what, so far we've seen the Ivy League cancel early. You know, they, they, they canceled as soon as there was a pandemic. Yo, uh, and, and people were clowning them because they canceled basketball right away. Because they have actual acad- they have academic people in the building that understand right. what's going on. Right. So I think we saw the Ivy League cancel. We saw the MAC cancel. So obviously, you know, smaller, uh, less revenue-generating conferences. The Big Ten is going to be the first domino to fall, kind of to your point. I don't think anybody really wanted to be that first one. Obviously, the SEC was never going to be the first one. So I think once you see the Big Ten kind of cancel and, and say, hey, we're going to make a plan just for the spring or whatever it is that we're going to do, I then think you'll see the ACC, you'll see the Big 12, uh, you'll see the Pac-10, and then reluctantly, begrudgingly, absolutely last, you'll see the SEC. Um, I, I just don't see any situation in which you're going to be able to do the fall football, right? I think that the time for them to kind of figure anything out, much like the NFL has passed, um, but the difference is these are amateurs. I think now you've got the university presidents and the chancellors and the non-sports people involved, and they're looking at the long-term effects of this and saying, hey, we don't want to be the school that has football. Someone gets sick. You know, God forbid someone dies. Yeah, the liability down the road. The Crazy. university presidents, they're thinking differently, right? So I think when you talk about ADs and coaches, it's, yeah, short term, next 12 months, we want a season. But you talk about these universities, presidents, and that's who's meeting. Like, that, let's 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 get this out the way. The ADs and all that, they they might be in the room, but this is one of those meetings, like, when your boss is in the room and you don't really say shit, that's what's happening. The university, <laughs> you understand? Like, the right. university presidents are talking at the table. That's who's making the decision. And I think that's when you're going to see – um, a decision made to cancel. I, I don't see any situation in which they're going to come out and say, hey, Big Ten's going to play a Big Ten-only situation or we have plans for this because I think it's just too late to facilitate that. Furthermore, college football is such a mess. You know what I mean? The NCAA is such a mess that, that, that the time has passed for them to kind of have any kind of contingency plan. So I think you're going to see them cancel, probably plan for some sort of spring ball and take it from there. So you don't think Saban and those guys could could get in the, the ear of a president and be like, look, bro. No, not in this situation. Saban's got a lot of sway in Tuscaloosa. Don't get it twisted, but not in this situation. I mean, no, not in this situation, man. The university's got to protect itself long term. Could you imagine if a kid gets sick, these amateur athletes, and you're already struggling with this concept of amateurism, right? Like we're, we're, we're at, we're like right here with this amateurism versus whatever we're at situation. The last thing you want to do is have unpaid laborers play, you know, a game in which they get sick with a global pandemic and, you know, someone dies or something like that happens or they spread it throughout their families. Like, I get all the arguments for but if I'm a university president, there's zero chance I'm taking that risk. Again, add that on top of everything that's going on. You got these guys, these unpaid laborers being forced, not forced to play, but uh, going out there and playing and you're not, you're not stopping it. Yeah. Um, do you pay the coaches? Do you pay the coaches? Um, they, I mean, yeah, the coaches up. got coaches got contracts. Yeah, I think that that's already been. Yeah, the coach you do pay the coaches absolutely, all of them. Well, I think it all depends. I think that's gonna. Well, I think that's a big, big, big talking point because, like, listen, a coach is a coach that's got eight million dollars on the line is gonna push the play. <laughs> 
So yeah, Nick Saban, I, yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Harbaugh and all those guys are going to push the play. I would be interested to see the details. On I don't the listen contract. to anything he says anymore. He, he I, I, I really just, I'm sick of hearing him talk. I don't know what he said the other day. I'm just, I cannot stand Jim Harbaugh. You're, you're off Harbaugh. Yeah, or John, what's his gym, right? Yeah, I cannot, he, I, I can't stand. I think he's, he's a, I think he's a douche. He's come a like, long way from like banging Alex Smith's shoulder pads and be like, yo, I love this guy. This guy's great for like his players. To just being a dick. He, yeah, he doesn't have that that warm uh charm about well, it. Well, it was never warm. It was like fiery and like, yeah, you know, old football guy and like doesn't care and kind of like, you know, like unhinged and everything. But I just feel yeah. like when he talks sometimes, like he just I think he says a lot of dumb shit and like a lot of he's just kind of an idiot. He's a good football coach though. Yeah, until 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 he's kind of playing Columbus. I was just gonna, <laughs> I was just gonna say until he's gotta go to Ohio. Until he's gotta play in Columbus or they come to town. <laughs> soon as they got to soon as they gotta play the Buckeyes, he, his, his, all his shit falls his, apart. Uh, everything falls apart. <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> he's probably happy. Cancel yeah, that game first. Yeah, yeah, cancel, yeah, cancel the Columbus game yeah, first. You don't gotta play them. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields. All right, I'm good. <laughs> um. Okay. Before, uh, since we're talking about coaches and we're talking about the Big Ten specifically, before we get to these Trevor Lawrence comments, Scott Frost, head coach, the highly hyped head coach, um, came from UCF when they went undefeated, went over to Nebraska. He hasn't really done anything at Nebraska. He was trying to. He was entertaining the thought of if the Big Ten's not going to play. We're we would entertain playing an outside schedule or a different conference schedule, um, which I think takes a lot of gall to say that. Yeah, like yeah, who's gonna facilitate it? The NCAA isn't. Well, just like he, it was just like a big league for me. Well, no, I mean, I guess he was just. I don't know the there wasn't too too many details, but he was like, we want to play essentially, and if the Big Ten's not gonna play, then we'll try to figure out something else. And it was like, for me, I don't know if it was the loyalty in me that like that didn't sit right with me because it's like the reason Nebraska is as big as they are is because they've been part of the big 10 and they've been playing guys like Penn state and they were winning games and with Tommy Frazier, like, you know, big 10 up North versus like the big 10 versus Miami and those boys. Well, I don't even know what was the conference back then. It wasn't the ACC. Well, they were in the big 12. Nebraska it was, was like in the, the big, big 12 back then. Right. Big 12 back then. But, um, or whatever version of the big 12 I, that was. Yeah. But either way, like to, to have the guard, they just came to, they came to the big 10, what, like five years ago. Yeah. Well, yeah. To, to either way to, to, to have the gall to say, they're just going to skip out on the conference and we'll just set our own shit up is like, first off, the fact that someone would even contemplate that is a big glaring issue that the NCAA has in the first place because they like they have oversight, but not really because it's like the, 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 the conferences think the, they run the, themselves. The NCAA is in charge when they want to be in charge. When it, when it comes time to take the blame, they're absolutely not in charge at all. Right. Hey, hey, whoa, wait, we're just a governing body. Yeah, we don't do anything. <laughs> we have nothing to do with it. We, have not, we, just, we just delegate. Funds yeah. and we just yeah. we just let kids play. What sports. do you mean? We just, we just put on a multi-billion-dollar tournament every year. But no, just, <laughs> we're not involved. <laughs> so that uh, I thought that was interesting. Say so he's going to break away from the like. Nah, man, I'm not. Well, I'm not here the, for that. The reason that that's interesting to me. Forget the, the disloyalty to the conference. It's like who who is he to make that decision? Because again, your university president, the president or chancellor or whoever 
of the University of Nebraska is in a meeting today making that decision. So for you to say, hey, I'm going to take my football team, right, and go against the decision that not only the conference made, but that the school made because the school is a member of that conference. That's what I'm saying. Who is going to facilitate that? Because if I'm the university president, I'm saying, you're not, well, you're not going to be the University of Nebraska. <laughs> you can be, you can be, right. Lincoln, you can be the Lincoln Crusaders or something like that, and you guys can go <laughs> play over at the local team. But you're not going to have my equipment. You're not going to have my staff on payroll. Listen, to this, like, is, this, this is this is ridiculous. This is Scott Frost, and I quote: "We're a proud member of the Big Ten, Frost said during a Zoom teleconference call with reporters. We want to play Big Ten schedule. I think the only reason we would look at any other options is for some reason the Big Ten wasn't playing, and only a handful of teams from the Big Ten." wanted to continue playing i think if that's the case i think we're prepared to look at any and all options so it's like hey what options is he what options is he looking at that's what i'm saying so it's he's talking like they could just break off and like yo penn state y'all want to play oh no okay cool let's holler at maryland let's see if they want to play it's like ah that's a little he's talking loosey-goosey that's, so scott, that's, that's scott frost 12 mortgage payments talking yeah facts, but like, <laughs> that's, that's what that that's is the thing it's like, yeah, like look, uh, what i tell I'll you play hey. whatever i whatever whoever we gotta play for me to collect these checks and everything. Hey, what i tell you man the whole world is check to check it doesn't matter if you're a head football coach a university an athletic department right and you start you start thinking about missing that that direct deposit it's like hey man um, hey, man, we'll play uh, whoever, know, whoever yeah. Yeah, who wants to play <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, we're not obviously not in Scott Frost's head or anything like that, but, and you know, maybe it's for the love of the game. Check the check. But, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> they told him but, he was going to pay Scott Frost wouldn't give another interview this year. Yeah. Like, oh, get paid and you don't have to play. Like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You know what? I think it, it, you know what? time with my family. Actually, I, you know what I mean? This, <laughs> yeah. this is a health risk. Actually, This is great. I wanted to build a deck this summer. I'm going to do that. <laughs> So we'll see if uh, the Big Ten finalizes and pulls the plug uh, at this meeting. It's looking like they are. It's probably the right decision. I, it's it's super tough for the kids. You know what? Before we get into that, I'll uh, I want to talk about these Trevor Lawrence comments because yeah. those were those were heavy. Trevor Lawrence came out and said some things. I'm about to put the quote up now, but he got a bunch of big guys. Justin Fields. Um. A lot of big, prominent college football players. Justin Fields is the quarterback for Ohio State. Uh, you know, Heisman, not finalist, but, you know, in the picture. Preseason All-American. You know, the, the famous preseason All-American. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. Um, But Trevor Lawrence, this is what he said, and I quote, people are just as much, if not more, risk if we if we don't play. Players will all be sent home to their own communities where social distancing is highly unlikely and medical care and expenses will be placed on the families if they are to contract COVID-19. Not to mention the players coming from situations that are not good for them, their future, and having to go back to that. Football is a safe haven for so many people. We are likely, we are more likely to get the virus in everyday life than playing football. Having a season also incentivizes players to stay safe and taking all of the right precautions to try and avoid contracting COVID because the season slash teammates safety is on the line. Without the season we've seen already, people will people will not social distance or wear masks and take the proper precautions. Trevor Lawrence with some strong words. What do you what do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, look, man, I don't disagree with anything he's talking about, right? Like, I think he's touched on a couple of different things. Obviously, like, number one, you know, the, 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 it, they're not necessarily going somewhere where they're going to be safer, right? That's with anybody, right? It's not saying, hey, you're, you're less safe being on campus than you are being at home. You know, if you, with the virus, it's all over the place. So, like, I, I get what he's saying. Also talking about how some of these kids, hey, man, going on campus and going to college and being out there for – you know, six, seven months out of the year takes a lot of these kids out of some truly awful environments where we know there's nothing good for them, right? A lot of these kids just getting out of there and not not being around all that, especially being at home with absolutely nothing to do if you're not in class and you're not playing ball. Like a lot of that can lead to a lot of bad situations. I get all that, right? So like he's not saying anything wrong. It's the same thing a lot of people are struggling with. It's the same thing people are struggling with keeping kids home from school, you know, with the virtual learning. Like you could apply that logic to pretty much all walks of life throughout this situation. But that doesn't mean that we need to make the irresponsible decision of putting everybody on the football field, right? And and further spreading the risk of it because you are putting people in close contact, right? Like, yeah, I, I get it. You're going to be putting a lot of people in bad situations where maybe social distancing is impossible, but you're putting everybody in a situation where there is no social distancing if you're not, if you are playing football. Does that make sense? Like you are putting everybody at a lot more risk by doing it. So I, I I get where he's coming from, man. And I get why he's saying that for me personally, for him, I wouldn't really care because if I'm him, I'm not playing because I'm going to be the number one pick in the draft. So he really has nothing to lose. So I guess it does mean a lot coming from him, but it's a tough situation, man. I, I feel for him. I feel for all the players that are going to stay, if they do stay home and they do got to stay in those situations and whatever it yeah, might no be. Facilities open, no facilities. No, no, nothing. no some of these kids come, right. A lot of these kids come from bad situations where you don't really want to be at the crib, man. You know that. Like, you can't wait to get back to school because where you stay is not not safe or whatever it is, man. There's, there's you know, bad shit around. So I get all that. Um, but at the same time, man, these are unprecedented times and it's a sacrifice that everybody has to make across the board. And this is kind of one of them. I'm not, I'm not with having this season because I don't think that college football is prepared to handle, you know, the, the potential outbreaks. You got to remember, not all these universities are the same, right? Clemson can handle it. Clemson makes a lot of money. They have a big budget. They have heavy donors and things like that, but not, you know, you think about outside of the power five conferences, man, a lot of these schools really are, it's check to check and struggling and don't cannot facilitate an outbreak. Right. They are. They it just can't, you know. Um, so I don't think you can put it at risk like that. Listen, like we've been <clears> saying, I'm with I'm with every league playing. If there's a plan in place. Let them all run out if we have a plan when a breakout does happen, which it will eventually happen. So that's the big thing. There's just not enough time there. There's nothing really in place to get things locked in. And the only thing I would say, because I do agree with a lot of the things that Trevor was saying, specifically about just everybody's background and situation is different. So a lot of players will be going back to situations that will be less safe, less controlled environments. These guys, college football or college athletes in general are probably the most controlled athletes on the planet. Everything about their life is completely. Especially football players. It's regimented, like all of it. Everything is completely controlled from when you wake up to what time you eat to what time everything is happening. So the structure of that may keep guys safe and you're incentivized to, if you want to play Saturday afternoon, you better not, you better be clean (laughs) and testing Negative and not <laughs> yeah. running the street at parties and shit. Right? Unless you play for Urban Meyer, 
Yeah, unless people let you. <laughs> Herman will cover it up. Then you can do whatever you want. It's all Gucci. <laughs> so that uh, that's the big thing. So I mean, he's making a lot of valid points. The the one thing I will say is I don't think he's he's not putting he's not thinking about how many other people are involved if if people start playing. Right. It's not it's not about like just the teams and the the players and the facility. Then you got people outside selling things. You got restaurants open. You got people going to restaurants to watch the game outside the stadium. You, if you think people aren't going to be around, you're wrong. It's yep. just a lot of different things with television and people having to travel for all that. And the liability thing is obvious. We know about that. So we we could just that's a Hook, line, and sinker, a major problem. If a kid gets sick, if a, forget about a kid getting sick and die. What if he gets sick and then he goes and his mom gets sick and she dies? Right. So, like, it's just endless, endless, endless lawsuits, endless stuff. So, and, you know, yeah, and, and, and kind of like to, to what Trevor Lawrence said, it's almost like, well, who are you pleading your case to, right? It's like, it, we get it, man. Like, you're, you're, you are preaching to the choir. Like, everybody understands it. But it's really like, if you want to be upset with somebody in this situation, if you're, if you're a college football player, if you're an NFL player and you don't know what the hell is going on or whatever it is, look at your leadership, right? The two leagues that got on it ASAP, ASAP, and have been able to resume their leagues without incident, were Major League, ba- I'm sorry, were the NHL and the NBA. They got on it. Their leadership put together a plan. They said, we we know one thing. We want to continue playing this year. If there is a will, there is a way. We got on it from day one. We planned this bubble. We built out what we needed to. We talked to who we needed to talk to. NFL, college football, the money was there, right? To your point, they were incentivized enough to do so. They just could not get their heads out of their asses and come together with a plan. And now here you are at the eleventh hour, saying, "Man, what are we going to do? We're just going to charge forward." That that to me is is crazy. I think I think MLS took care of their situation too, right? But um, that the failure was in not having a plan. Was not really like the last two months, especially right, thinking of what you're going to do, and just kind of coming up to this point and being like, "Well, now we really have to make a decision." Where it is now Tuesday, August eleventh. And the season starts when? What, the beginning of September? When does college football start? End of August? End of August, man. End of August. So we're a couple weeks away from games. We're one month away from NFL games. We still don't know. The NFL still has not announced a plan, and we're one month away from NFL games. It's just (laughs) these people, I don't know what they've been doing. There's no contingency plan. There's no nothing. So, yeah, the kids, as always, the kids are going to suffer. Especially coming from college ball where everything is so fractured as is. Yeah. The Big Ten will have a plan, and the Pac-12 will have a plan, and then – no adults. It's, it's, yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all over the That's place. That's why you got the university president sitting down, just saying, like, you know what, man, we're going to kill this, and maybe they should have been involved months ago too. But that's why Harvard was like, hey, we know where the or the uh, the Ivy League was like, hey, we know where this is going. We're good. We see this movie a million times. Right. We want no part. We, we're going to go read a book. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We'll be back in 2021. Y'all figure it. it out because y'all are silly. Like, you and, know all, and all classes online. And so all classes online. We'll, we'll take care of everything we got to take care of. We're ready to go. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? But it's, these it's rest just, of them, man, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, the whole situation uh, is across the country with the COVID-19 is hilarious to me. It's because why? why just Just listen to the smartest people in the country simple these are the smartest people we have 
listen to what they're saying and let's do what they say. Like, let's not listen to Bobby, the Gator fan in Gainesville, <laughs> saying that they're trying to cut his rights off and that we should be able to play if we want to. Listen to the 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 Harvard scientists, please. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like these people, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather them be wrong and me go down on their boat than like yeah, you said, bro. Bobby from Gainesville or that whoever. Right. Or or Joe politician. Like, I'm sorry, man. You're here to make legislative decisions, not not health decisions. Like, like I don't want to get all like all in the weeds with this, but right. like, yeah, overall, it's just like if we're gonna get out of this, like I'm sorry, you gotta make the sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, and one of the sacrifices bro. is not have college football if there's not a plan. Yes. Don't I, I want it too. Trust me, I don't know what I'm going to do on Saturdays and Sundays. But if it's not watching college, I'll figure something else out, man. We, yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, since you brought it up, let's talk about this for a few minutes. You, Because I agree with what you said. If I'm Trevor Lawrence, doesn't matter to me. Zero. Play, run a season out or not, I'm going to be in the gym getting tight. If anything, they they need to figure out a way to – I mean, obviously, you can't, you don't know where NFL teams are going to draft and where you're going, but try to get the leg up on, you know, when you early enter, uh, uh, graduate early and go out to spring ball, man, do figure out uh, some type of NFL spring ball. Early training day, camp. Early training camp. Like, like Trevor Lawrence goes straight to, uh, I don't know who's the worst team in the NFL. Man, go get the, go get the, <laughs> go get the three, go get the Jaguars playbook, go get the, the Bengals playbook. No, the Bengals just got Burrow. No, who was no. it that who was it that was terrible last year? Didn't have a quarterback uh, by the end of the year. They were just starting anybody. Fuck me, I can't remember. Who are we talking about? Not the the Jags. The the worst team in the NFL are the Jags. The Jets. The Jets. Um, who were you talking about that was running out? Maybe here? it was a couple of years ago. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to watch the the skins. Oh, the, the skins. Uh, they got, was, they got excuse me, excuse too, me, though. excuse me. The Washington football team. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Not the skins. Yeah. Excuse, that's, excuse me. Yeah. The um, Washington football team. Were, yeah, they were trying. They were trying out. Uh, didn't Mark Sanchez play some get some reps with them last year? Well, oh, that was two years ago. They had Sanchez playing. But yeah, everybody that doesn't. Yeah, I mean, you run out. Yeah, ja the Jags might be the only team that needs a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, for real. No, start the that. Raiders, yeah, yeah get, figure something out. Figure something. <laughs> if I'm Trevor Lawrence. Go ahead and declare for the draft right now, or just say, "Hey, I'm a free agent, man." Free Does agent, he even? Man. I want to know, does he have to go through the draft process or can he just like baseball himself and just put himself out there and be like, yo, you know, I'm like the Cuban outfielder and sign me to the highest contract. Yeah, that's actually it. Because sure. I'd be like, fuck all that. I'm, I'm ready sure to go. There's, I'm sure there's something. Like, I'm, 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 he's three years removed, right? Yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and forego this whole NCAA thing. I'll see y'all later. Can, can I catch on to a team right now on the open market? Oh, like, oh, you're saying for this season? Yeah. Let, let me get on a roster right yeah, now. Sign up, have him sit. I mean, you don't need to play him right away because I mean, he's in the same situation as like two right. of though, right? Guys right, have with, been in camp, I guess, a couple weeks. But, yeah, go ahead and sign him. Future's contract. Withdraw from Clemson. Yeah. I don't go here anymore. What? Didn't an NBA player did that? Um, Here's my scholarship, and then I'm going to try to get on a, a, a training day. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm just a free agent. I'm a free agent. Ooh, interesting. I don't know. That's, that's actually thank, really thank interesting. Thank you, Dabo. This has been great. <laughs> you know but I mean? then what would incentivize the uh, the team for like matching that number one number two number three slot money i guess because because he's he's supposed to be a superstar right well you can either have me or not have me 
Right. This is your chance to get me. This is this is your chance if you're maybe you're a good team, but you know your quarterback's getting older or whatever, and you can sit him for a year. Like this is your chance to right. get me. I'm hitting the open market. Yeah, that's interesting. You know what I mean? You're putting a court a player in the open market in the middle of the year, essentially, or the beginning has, of the year. There, there has to be some type of. There has to be off. something that stops it. But I know that there was a dude who, uh, man, was Randolph. Randolph Morris, I think, was his name, and he was played at like Kentucky or some shit, and just straight up just signed left. with an NBA team. Yeah, but it was something weird where like he was able to do it because of some reason. But like he just was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm and just went to the NBA. I ever tell you that story about Mike Beasley leaving after the tournament? <laughs> Never came back. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, real quick, do you know uh, what was the what was the? Oh, Jacob Pullen. Pullen, Chica- Matt, nice Ch- Chicago guy, Kansas nice State. Nice at Kansas State. Was on the same, Maywood. Yeah, was on the same squad as Mike Beasley, and Pullen said, or this is I, he didn't tell me this, but this is what I've multiple accounts I've heard <laughs> is that the end of the. Uh, they got, eliminated. Ended, they got eliminated in the tournament. Beasley grabbed his shit and went straight to the crib. Didn't didn't even didn't even go back to, to uh Manhattan with the squad. <laughs> like, I'm out of here, bro. Hey right, man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all, man. I'm gonna this talk to y'all later. This, this has been great. <laughs> hey, I would do the same thing. Zero chance I'm going well, for what? Go back to school. I don't need any of that stuff. I'm good. Come on, man. I'm going yeah, I'm good. to the crib. I'm yeah. No hoop at the crib for a little bit. Yeah, this is over with, man. And I'm going number one and number two. Yeah, out of here. Out of here. Say less. Um. So yeah, it's interesting. We'll see if college ball happens. Um. Quickly, I do feel for the kids. It's all overall just a trash situation for the players. They're not going to be able to play. Some of these. Not everybody's going pro. We always forget about that. A lot of these guys are going into their senior year, their final opportunity to play ball, and it's not that they're losing the eligibility, but it might get swept under them. You know, there's a lot of different things well, can happen in a year. And you never know, man. The NCAA is a dirty business, so let's just hope that these scholarships stay intact. And you know, for these right. guys that aren't going pro and you are entering your senior year, you are still eligible to get your credits and graduate and get that degree that was promised to you when you signed on with that university that's used you for the past four years. Facts. We'll leave it just at that moving over to the nba come on man you know man, it's bubble ball that's the best thing in town you know it's bubble ball no, the quality <laughs> of the games i don't know the quality of the games the last couple of games because some teams are now doing some rest and you know guys out with this and that has kind of fallen off but bubble bubble ball is still going dude 100 and uh teams are starting to get officially eliminated the first the first couple of weeks or the first full week were all the games were important. Yeah. Everything was rocking. So they were a lot more competitive. Like you said, this stuff starting to tail off. Pelicans officially eliminated a couple of things going on where you don't really need to run out, folks. Um if you like, for example, if you were watching Lakers Suns last night or Lakers Nuggets last night, for some reason, Malone, head coach of the Nuggets, Kept the bench on the whole fourth. Didn't run out Yogi. Yeah, I saw that. Murray or anybody the whole fourth, which I thought was weird. And by the way, the Lakers were still struggling. Um, but well, so I actually don't mind that. Like I thought when Boozenholder had Giannis playing in this overtime game, I'm kind of like I was almost like, yeah, it's entertaining. I love watching this, but what is the purpose? Like, yeah, I feel like he really likes to win regular season ball games. And like if I'm them, it's like, yo, Giannis doesn't see fourth quarters because. That's the ticket, and he can't get hurt. And we literally 
there's nothing that we can do. We can't change anything. I think they're locked into their spot. So what's the purpose of having Giannis well, play in an overtime well, game against Dallas? Well, why, well, why run them out for – I mean, like, Jokic and Murray, they both played, like, 26, 27 minutes. It wasn't Good. like they weren't playing. But, like, why run yeah. them out in, in the fourth, take them out? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying I I, I I I'd really be considering running anybody out for these last couple of games. Like I'm yeah. I'm good. Like this for is sure. this is game at 79, 80, and 82, 81, 82. Like right. there's no real reason to play these. I just thought it was interesting that he's pushing because you know Giannis plays hard too. Like he's going all out. He's not gonna coast. Right. I just thought like, man, I I don't I don't I'm just nervous of Giannis playing fourths. I don't want anybody to get hurt right now. Cause you come it's one thing to get hurt when you're out just in the regular shit. If you come to the bubble and get hurt. Like this Ben Simmons thing, it's like, man, this is a fucking waste. Yeah, you know this, what I mean? That, like, that's a disaster. It's a disaster. It's a waste. Facts. So, yeah. Okay, let's get into question number one. You see the bottom ticker. We got Pelicans, Lucas, Suns, and then we're going to talk a little hate, uh, Heat Pacers. Let's talk Pelicans. Officially eliminated. Um, For me, but Memphis has been had a tough stretch, but they're still, you know, have a real good shot to make the playoffs. They still yeah. have to, you know, they're still going to have the the play-in tournament where it looks like Portland. So yeah. Handle their business outside the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Um, They still have a shot. The Pelicans are officially eliminated. Zion comes down out of shape. It's on a minutes restriction. They look very lackadaisical at times. And you posted a question to me that said, should slash will Alvin Gentry be held accountable for the Pelicans being officially eliminated from the playoffs? Because they had a real chance, especially with the play-in, to, 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 to make a real push at the eight. If you really want, if we're being 100, the play-in was designed for the Pelicans to get in. They wanted Zion to get in. That was, there's no, there was no other reason for the play-in. Yeah. Um, should will Alvin Gentry be held accountable for the Pelicans getting eliminated? What do you think? So I think for Gentry, man, I mean, first of all, obviously, uh, yeah, I, I think it was really set up for them to make a run. Obviously, the schedule was nice for them. Um, the league wanted Zion to get that AC. He wanted that Zion versus LeBron matchup. We all know that. Um, with that being said, man, um, if you look at the last two years for Alvin Gentry, he has really been handcuffed by management decisions, right? If you even go back to last year with the Pelicans, remember once there was decided that they were going to trade AD uh, after the break, he was playing like 26 minutes a night. Like they would be in games, but remember he could only play AD so many minutes per night. They would be in games so he would have to take them out, right? Fast forward to this year, we have the situation with Zion to start the year. He's on the minutes, or he's hurt to start the year. When you finally get him back, he's on the minutes restriction. You take four months off of competitive basketball for whatever reason that I still haven't heard the answer as to why Zion spent none of that time getting in shape, came back to the bubble looking like a bubble. They haven't right? even addressed it. <laughs> yeah, have not addressed it. They came, haven't said a word about it. Came to the bubble looking like a bubble, right, and, and playing like one in some of those games too, right? So he's obviously handcuffed with that situation. They still put him on a minutes restriction, and the team comes out there and underperforms. So I think – if you look at it from that side, like he didn't really have a chance over the last two years. You almost got to throw his record out the window because last year he couldn't use his best player. And this year he couldn't use one of his most important players. So from that perspective, yes, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it's tough to say that it's his fault. On the flip side, there was still talent there and they looked like trash and they really squandered this opportunity. And regardless of some of the outside circumstances, this was an opportunity 
and they did not seize on it. Like there were times they didn't look ready. They didn't know how they wanted to play um, and just looked like a young team in the bubble that didn't really know what to do. And they were just getting outfoxed by better teams. We'll talk about their games in August. They lose to the Clippers 126-103, and those Clippers are coming off a loss to the Lakers. Okay, cool. No problem. The Clippers are probably top two, three team in the league, right? Sure. So then they play the Grizzlies. Must win. They come up and show up. 109-99. Three days later, after beating the Grizzlies, and now the Grizzlies are on the ropes, and you see Portland's doing their thing, you can't give up 140 points to the Kings. Just can't do it. You can't give up 140 to the Kings. Then you come out and beat the Wizards. You fucking better beat the Wizards. Everybody has. Coming off that game. <laughs> but then you're in a spot last the other night on Sunday where they're playing the Spurs, another team in the same situation as them, trying to grind. And they start the game like 15 to 2. The Spurs yeah. come out and they, have, they go up 15 to 2. Completely lackadaisical. Not ready to play. So. Is that Alvin and Gentry pops fault? out here playing anybody? I mean, he's just like, "Hey, come on, we want to see what you look like." He's giving thirty minutes to Bryn Forbes and and, and people of that that nature. Right. But I don't care anything. <clears throat> if your squad comes out in a must win, quote unquote, must win situation, and they're not ready to play, it's that's all a coaching setup. One hundred percent. You have to have those guys mentally ready to play ball. Um. And I like Alvin Gentry, man, obviously. You know what I'm saying? I, I wish the best for him. But just going through his whole career, he, he's been a head coach on and off since 1994 in the league. Shout out. That's a lot of longevity. Yes. And he's only had two winning seasons. No fucking way. That's right. Yeah. He's got a 54-win he's got a season with the Suns in 2009. And he's got a 48-win season with the Pelicans a couple of years ago. Other than that, he's never won 41 games. Wow. He hasn't been a head coach every year since 1994, but, I mean, you know, right. 94, right. you know, yeah, here and there he's been assistant. Yeah, he's actually never really had – if you look at it, he's only been in the playoffs one, two – he's only been in the playoffs three times. And one of them was the conference finals with that Phoenix team. That Phoenix team was fun. Remember that was that last Amari run? Yeah, that Phoenix team that was Phoenix fun. That Phoenix team was nice. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of success. I think he's one of those guys everybody likes him, and he's probably good for young players. But, yeah, when you look at it – Yeah, one um, of those – Kind of, he's like a holdover. Yeah, he's good. Like, yeah, young guys, like, you got teach guys how to brush their teeth and wash their ass and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like he's the adult in the room. But when um, we're ready to go win the championship, we'll go get Nick. Yeah, Bush, he's right? been around the league forever, right? Like, he gets it. You know what I'm saying? He's going to yeah. help those. And that's important. Like, let's not get it twisted. That's very important. Um, But, yeah, you probably, if you look at, like, Griffin, a lot of rumors, it's guys he's been connected to, whether it be Jason Kidd, whether it be a Tehran Lou. But I would not be surprised if you bring in a more um, established or bigger name, I guess, winning head coach um, to this situation. Because you know, remember, they'll never blame the media will never blame it on Griff, as they call him. When the media refers to the GM by his nickname, you know that he's in good. And that dude worked yeah, at ESPN he, for they call him Griff. Oh, Griff. Griff. I've never heard but, anybody get gushed more than, than uh, David Griffin by the fact, media. Yeah, they love him. Love That's him. actually a great point. Oh, because he worked at ESPN. Remember, he was on the jump and everything. Like, Griff, Griff, this. Oh, Griff, Griff, Griff went to a party. There was water. He turned it into wine. <laughs> Griff, man, yeah. That's Griff. actually a good point. I didn't Griff. even. Yeah. Yeah, David. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If they ever always watch out for the guy that they're calling him by a nickname, period. Yeah. You only hear him call Sammy, Sam, Sam Presty, Sammy or Presty or yeah. anything like yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Griff. In fact. 
<coughs> um, let's go in order. Let's talk Luka Doncic. Um, I don't know if there's too much that needs to be said that hasn't been said already. Um, he's just extremely impressive. The Very pace, good. he he's never sped up. Okay, let's do this. What are the most? Give me the the your top few things that you're most impressed by with Luka Doncic. Feel for the game overall. It's, just it's, it's, it's insane. It's, it's, it's next level feel for the his game. Feel if you look, is insane. That's his, a good feel, one. Yeah, his feel, his pace, like you said, because he's it's almost like Harden, where it's like, man, this guy isn't that fast. He's not a crazy athlete, but he understands the ankles. He understands how to get to the basket, and he's a great finisher. Um, the polish on the game, right? You know, the footwork, step backs, the jump shot, um, just all that. And, and the fact he can kind of, he's got that, I, I keep saying other plays, he's got that Paul Pierce, almost like herky jerkiness to his game too, where For it's sure. like, that shouldn't work. The Manu, you know, it's the Manu Pierce, James Harden hybrid, but you add in the, the, the actual like superior playmaking skills to it all. Um, and just like the fact that he's what, 22? And he's just so polished, man. He's not scared either. The moment's not too big for him. I do think that, you know, we need to pump the brakes and see what happens once it gets to playoff time because that is a different different situation and he's still a young player. And that's not hate. It's just where I'm at with it. But at the same time, you can't, you can't argue with him, man. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. He's clearly by far the best young player in the NBA, um, you know, the under 22, under 23 range. And, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's nothing more that needs to be said. He's got the team on his back. The, the feel is a great one. I was gonna say, I was gonna say pace. So I'll, I'll add feel to my three. I have three now. I had two. I have three. The feel for the game is insane. He just knows what to do, when to take a three, when to get somebody involved, when to go to the basket, when to when to dish on the pick and roll, when to go get a layup or a foul. Like everything about his feel is immaculate when to push, when to slow it, like everything. Um, so, yes, the feel for the game is incredible. The pace is crazy because, yeah, he just – he's never pressed. He's never rushed. He just does whatever he wants at his own pace, gets to whatever spot he wants at any time. And I know on television it looks – and it looks – like he's a lot, he's super herky jerky. But when you got the, when you have the cannon and the fireball that he does, when he, when he he can shoot it from distance and you can get to the cup, you're a little faster even when you're not that fast because you're you're a threat to shoot it, go by, step back, whatever. Everything about his game is crazy. Um, his overall game and my third and final. So I got, I I agree with you hundred percent. His feel his pace, and then the third one for me is his carelessness. He's not – he just doesn't care. And I, and when I say that, he wants to win. I don't doubt that because you can see the intensity when he's out there playing. He's talking shit. He's looking at people. You know what I'm saying? He's engaged. But he's not scared to make a mistake. He's, he's just – his carelessness is there. He go between the legs, top of the key, in overtime, uh, whatever. Like, that's – that's the that's the feel and the carelessness working together. Like he doesn't care. I I feel like I can make this play. Let's do it. Bang. Yeah. Um. He he's incredible. Shout out Luca. Uh. Let's see what he. You make yourself an NBA legend by what you do in the playoffs. That's why Dame is who Dame is because 
he's hit massive <clears throat> shots and does big things in the playoffs. Yeah. That's why people like it or not, people still have reservations about James Harden because of what he's done in the playoffs. Simple which is, which, is, which has kind of gotten it's gotten a bit overblown for him, but, but uh, yeah. Hey, but but that's what it is. Yeah. If no, for would, sure. If he would go nuts in the bro, people were pressed about LeBron for years. They still are. Because of what he would do in the playoffs. People still felt like he got small well, in moments, which he did, and he got over that, but people still reference how he used to be in the playoffs. So you got to produce And to play. clarify what I was saying, I'm not I'm not even as worried about him in the playoffs as I are just about that team. I think Dallas plays a very free-flowing style of basketball in which they do allow the other team to put up 135 points. And you just can't do that in the playoffs. Um, I think he's going to show out. I just think that team uh, overall, that style of play, I, w- I would worry about it in the playoffs because they, they really just let it fly. And that's that's all good in these regular season games. And once the playoffs comes, you can't really be letting the Lakers just run around and do whatever they want to. You can't let the Clippers run around and do whatever they want to. Um, but, yeah, overall, man, you can't you cannot argue with what this man has done. You can't argue with, you know, 36, 14, and 19 in 42 minutes on 12 or 24 shooting. Oh, I mean, it's 40 yeah. minutes minimum. <clears throat> yeah. Like, so that's no question. Yeah. So, I mean, you really, you really can't argue with him, man. Like I, I hope you keep, you know, I, I think, yeah, great greatness is obviously on the horizon. He's already there. And yeah. Just gotta, you just gotta stop somebody. The, the 36, 19, <laughs> you can't help yourself. I know. I, I like know. defense, man. You, it matters. <laughs> it matters. I, I just feel like, I, I feel like I've already yourself. told you, man, the Euro players get away with the, they, they, they sometimes can get away with the defense shit. Shout out Dirk Nowitzki. 36, 19, <clears throat> and 14 on two turnovers is crazy. Yeah. Um, 19 assists and two turnovers is absolutely absurd. Yes. The, the, the usage that he had in that overtime game against Milwaukee is crazy. Um, we'll leave Luca there. Phoenix Suns. Mm. What, what's got into these boys? Balling. Why, though? Why do you think? Like, like I know me and you have a running joke because yeah. I love D-Book <clears throat> and you don't love D-Book. But, like, this is the same team they had earlier in the year. They couldn't do shit. So yeah. what, what, talk to me. What do you think it there, is? There's obviously some talent there. Like, look, man, I, I give Booker a lot of shit. He's a good player that puts up phenomenal numbers and has a ton of skills. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I just think, man, this bubble, man, there's something about taking these guys away from whatever the hell is that's going on, saying lock in and hoop, that where when you have that kind of talent on the floor, it's it, it's going to show. I, I can't fully explain it. I can't act like I sat here and watched all of their games. You know, obviously I've watched some highlights, looked at some numbers. Um, but they're just balling right now, and they're there with a purpose, man. Like, look for a team like that where it's like, look, we we are just here just to be here. Like, but let's let's make it something. And like, yeah, let's do it. And now when you start winning a couple, and it's like, hey, we're only one game out of this thing, and Memphis is falling, and all it takes is a couple losses from Portland, and we're in this thing. Like, yo, let's let's go. You know what I mean? Let's go. We're here. And if you're Booker, this is huge for your legacy. Like, you wanna you wanna get to the playoffs. You made the All Star team this year. You want to kind of shed that that label that that the quick is put on you, right? You don't want to be no <laughs> losing player, right? Yeah. You got a young dude in Aiden. Let's like, yo, let's get it going here. Now I did say this yesterday. That Aiden shit yesterday is absolutely inexcusable, right? I don't understand how he misses a coach. Like shit like that is what derails you. You can't miss the test, right? For whatever reason he may have had to miss the test, I don't know why. You can't miss the test. That's on him, and you need to find his ass. I also said I don't understand how he's in a position to miss the test. Because if I'm in the bubble and I got a young team, I literally have someone whose job it is on staff to wake up DeAndre Aiden and take his ass downstairs to get the test. 
So that's inexcusable from an organizational standpoint. Um, but outside of that, like they're balling, man. Like I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give credit where credit's due. Yeah, the only I, thing I almost want to see them make it now. I want to see. Yeah. I, I'd rather see them versus the Lakers than Dame versus the Lakers. And I know really? that's blasphemy, but yeah, I've already. Really? Seen, I want to see a new team in the playoffs, man. Absolutely, I think that'd be a great bubble story. Yeah, like, obviously, it'd be a better matchup with Dame and them because it's a better team. But I just think it'd be a great story for some team that was pretty much a throwaway squad to come into the bubble and go undefeated and, you know, book. Let's see what he can do, man. Just prove me wrong. I'm all for it. I want him to be good. <laughs> go for it. This I'm just not thing. anointing people before they do anything. This is the thing. He's been scoring bundles of baskets for quite some time now. Yes. But I know it's their and empty L's. buckets and L's. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um. I don't know what you want him to do with with the situation that he's been in. He can he, the most. He I feel like he's been doing the most he can do out there. He just got Aiden. You know what I mean? Like we'll we, we'll get into it. But That's here, yeah. I think um, there's something about playing carefree basketball versus pressurized basketball. Some thrive, some don't. Right. Dame and those guys have been thriving off the pressure of man. We really got to come out here and we can't lose any ball games to try to get in to 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 eight. Phoenix came in like you said as a throwaway. They just was like let's just hoop, man. Fuck hoop. it. Like we'll just come out here and play ball. Like we'll probably they're going in there like we'll just. I mean we're not gonna make the playoff. There's no yeah. way they thought they had a chance. Let's to have some fun. At the eight. Right. Let's come down here, play ball. We'll fuck around. Book will do his thing. We'll 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 get the ball rolling. We'll we'll try to just play solid basketball that we could build on for next year. So that carefree. There's nothing like playing, being having the opportunity to play carefree ball, and then the pressure come later after your confidence is already there. So you play carefree ball. Next thing you know, you've won six in a row. Now your confidence is sky high. Each game matters a little bit more. And then now the pressure's here. So it's like your pressure's here, but now your confidence is right with it. So you're like, yeah, what you mean? We're good. Like, let's Let's play. I'll play anybody. And especially when you you beat the Clippers, you're you're beating good teams. Yeah. So it's like that's the thing. You beat the Clippers. You beat the Mavs. Both you, you win two tight games. You beat the Pacers, who are have been out of control. You beat the Heat, who are one of the best teams uh, in the East. And then you throttle the Thunder, who have to win all their games too. So there's something about playing carefree ball, getting confidence, and then adding the pressure on at a later time that is uh, it's a, it's a very interesting recipe uh, for the bubble, we'll say. Well, if we if we if we want to you know talk about Alvin Gentry not having his team ready for the bubble, let's talk about Monty Williams absolutely having his team in the right mind state because that comes down from the head coach. This is what we're here for. Let's go have some fun, right? Everybody's already written us off. Let's fuck around and win a couple. And then once you start winning, then being able to adjust the to pre- turn it up a little yep. bit. Hey, we're gonna practice a little bit harder today hey, because now, now people now, are talking about us. Yeah, yeah. Now let's close out these. All we can do is control what we can control. And that's the next three games that we got. We go ahead and we go out and we win all three of those games. We'll put ourselves in a position to win. So definitely shout out Monty Williams. I hope that they look at this bubble performance as part of his overall evaluation when they look at him as a head coach and keep him on, man, because obviously these guys are responding. Um, it'll be interesting to see, regardless of whether or not they make the playoffs, how this carries into next year. Because if I'm book, 
And I'm like, okay, now I'm getting this respect and I, I can I know what it feels like to win ball games because I probably never won five in a row in my life. Um <laughs> nah, not in the NBA. Uh, I've never done that as a professional, right? I don't know what that feels like. Man, I, he should be addicted to this feeling now, right? Like this should inspire him to go to the gym and want to get double teamed by Joe Kim Noah and not complain about it. This should right. inspire him to go up there and get better and want to lead his team and be like, yo, guys, everybody go out this summer and let or, or this this fall. And, and bust your ass and let's come back next year ready to go. This Aiden, is what we can do. Aiden, come stay at the crib, man. I'm gonna make sure that you take your COVID test. You're right. gonna come, you're gonna work out with me. We can be a tandem, big man. Like, let's go. Like, like, like I want to I want to win. I don't want to play 82 games of meaningless basketball. You know what I mean? And just put up 27 every night and like whatever. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I hope that I would love to see that it carries over. If anything, that'll be a big uh, thing for Booker. Carry this shit over into next year. You can win games in the NBA. You know this now. Shout out to vet Ricky Rubio, too. Yeah. Don't let that go understated. Serving he's, dimes. He's serving dimes. He's helping with the leadership. He's a, a grizzled vet now. Absolutely. Good player. They paid him a lot of money, too. He was Luca on the passing tip before Luca. Yeah. He Ruben, he, we've been hearing about Rubio since he was like 14. He, he, didn't, he didn't bring it over like Luca did, but he yeah. Couldn't, Rubio, he, can't, he could never shoot. Yeah. Rubio's a, he's a solid player, though. Yeah. Um, all right, let's close out this NBA talk with this. I thought this was interesting because I, I was literally laying in bed thinking about this, and I couldn't – I didn't really I – don't, I, don't, I still don't know who I'm going to go with. But my question for you is, looking into next year, if you had to pick a squad to rock with that you think will be better overall or you rock with – we could even angle it as what young core would you rock with more. Would it be the Miami Heat? Or the Indiana Pacers? Oh, it's not even close. The Miami Heat. Really? Yeah. Uh, why? Uh, Jimmy Butler will still be there next year. He's uh, an All NBA player. Bam Adebayo is an All Star that's getting better and is young. Tyler Hero, like, is the type of player you want on your team. He's a good shooter who has a lot of other offensive game and plays defense a little bit. Good size, like you know, another young guy. Kendrick Nunn, another young guy that you found out of nowhere. I think Drogic is still under contract for next year. You have a great head coach. You have the infrastructure, and you're set up to win. That's nothing against what Indiana has with Oladipo. Obviously, he's a good player. The T.J. Warren story is great, but let's not forget that T.J. Warren has been in the league for a while. Like We, we know who he is. He looks like, different now. He looks we different. don't know who yeah, he but is. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Let's, uh, no, let's not no, have no. this. Let's not have this five Listen. game changes the whole narrative on TJ Warren. TJ Warren has been in the league for a while. TJ Warren has been in the league getting minutes for a while. He played on Phoenix, was getting minutes. He's put up numbers. He was averaging 18 points a game. This isn't a new revelation that he could score the basketball. Let's 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 stop what? this. I don't it's what? not this isn't new. TJ Warren's been putting up numbers. Where have you been? What do you mean? He ain't been putting up the numbers he's putting up right now. Not these now? kind of numbers, but you think that that's sustainable? You think TJ Warren is a 30-point-per-game scorer? Of course not. But is he okay. a, can he be a 25-point-game per score? Maybe, but he's been a 19-point-per-game scorer, so it's not new. It's not like out. Of, it's not like TJ Warren was a career 8-point-per-game scorer. You gave him some minutes in the bubble, and he exploded for 30. He's just gotten a little bit better, and he's had some good games, but he is still so – You don't think he can parlay this – the flaws that existed with T.J. Warren will still exist at next year throughout a full 82-game season. So, so, so T.J. Warren's the same T.J. Warren that he was before the bubble, and he'll uh, be the same guy. 100% he, he will be the same guy. He's been in the league for seven, eight years. 
He's good. Maybe maybe he was undervalued. Maybe he shouldn't have been traded for cash considerations. But if I'm the Indiana Pacers, I'm not sitting there like, man, let me build around TJ Warren. Oh, I didn't say anything about building around TJ Warren. I think he'll come in. He'll come in next year with a, a higher confidence and higher expectations. Sure, and I, and I think he could fill those expectations. He was also on your team all year. I mean, they, they, he didn't. They didn't. He didn't just show up before the bubble. They didn't just sign him off the street. He's been. They, he's been in the building. I like, agree. He, yeah, he, I agree. He's but been this in the is building. he's balling. So this has. So this is. So this has essentially been nothing for for you for TJ Warren. He he just had a couple hot games and, not, yeah, and it won't a, change anything. It's been a great school story. The guy can fill it up, man. He's always been able to fill it up. That's been the mo on him. He fills it up. Great, awesome. I mean, what do you want me to say? Like, oh man, man, this TJ Warren last five well, games really is, changes my outlook on the Pacers going forward. Well, what I'm I, saying, I'm more interested. To be honest, if you're talking about order of importance on their team. I would say that Sabonis is more important than TJ Warren going forward. Isn't the isn't the development of Sabonis more important in All Star more important than TJ Warren? Isn't what Miles Turner ultimately turns into okay. more important than TJ Warren? Let me ask you this: If I were to ask you, could TJ Warren go for 36, 40, 45? Could he average thirty six points over a five game stretch? You would have said jump off a building. Of course not. He can't. I don't know so, if I would have said jump off a building, but I've been like, yeah, I, I don't. I, I guess if they're feeding the ball to TJ Warren twenty five times a game because he can <laughs> score. We talk about this though. You know there are dudes in the league that can. If you if there are dudes in the league, if you give them twenty five looks, they are putting up buckets. This bro, is a fact, bro. He was shooting sixty percent. Yeah, he's hot. Look, okay, he's hot. Well, let me let me. Oh, let we me... got some shit going on outside the bubble that he's <laughs> on right now. He said it's shorty pressing him. He... Pressing them on them, yeah. Okay, let me. Okay, so you laid out the heat. Let me lay out some of these Pacers guys because I didn't think it would be clear cut for you like that. We have Miles Turner, young guy. He's been in the league doing his thing. We got Brogdon. That's your boy. Yeah. Oladipo. Then we got T.J. Warren. It's still not close. No question. No, I'm I'm worried about Oladipo long term health wise. Number one, and Sabonis. I didn't even, I didn't even say oh, Sabonis. Yeah. So Sabonis. You, okay, let's do this. Would you rather have Oladipo? Because he was all because he was an all star too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Oladipo, you know I mean? or Jimmy Butler. Come on, man. You know Jimmy. You know Jimmy okay. guy. Would you rather have Sabonis or Bam? It's close. It's close. Would you rather have twenty two year old Kendrick Nunn? Or the T.J. Warren story that you have been watching for eight years. I mean, you're talking about young guys where they're still like, "Yo, I, it's still moldable there." Like, I no, because we could because the young thing could obviously we could talk about their young players versus their other young players. But Miami Duncan, has more. Your, your boy Duncan, you got Duncan and and uh, Hero. Tyler Hero. That, that's yeah, shooters, no. bro. Like, what do you? What do you? There, there's quite Bam Adebayo can run point. Mom, yeah. <laughs> Twenty twenty big man. I'm not I'm not talking about more of their young guys because Miami clearly has better young guys. I'm talking about for a team next year in the East. Miami's a better team. Man, you say that so you're better, easily. You're better your best player. You say, you say that so easily like like in like the the Pacers aren't 15 16 games over 500. They're, just no, like, they're they're good. They're really good, but when you look at it okay like all let's say everything else is even, right? Good young players on both sides. Okay, then you just look at the star. Who do I want more in that moment? I'm taking Jimmy. Jimmy yeah, Butler is I a mean, better player than Victor Oladipo. 
I, I didn't appreciate how casually you said it. Like, oh yeah, Miami in a landslide. Because it's a casual, it's a, it's not even a question for me. I think Miami yeah. is set up so well going forward to next year to be a problem in that in the Eastern Conference if they stay healthy. Like I really, I really do. I think Jimmy Butler is a Miami Heat type of basketball player. It is show up to the building and do your work. And yeah, like and I could be an asshole about it. And like Spoh's here for that. Riley's I, here for that. I still think it's closer than you're you're leading. Um, but they have a lot of pieces. They Bam, do. Bam is a real problem. Real problem. They got rid of Whiteside. And that's great. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, and, and 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 that's not against my I, I see I guess I, I and I probably should have given Indiana more respect because I don't even think about them like that. And when yeah, you look okay. at the, the the total, you know, the thing and the fact that Oladipo has been hurt and if he comes back healthy, like he he's a great player. Yeah. Um, but I just don't. Race, I, I mean, it's it's dumb for the fourth best team in the East. You know, Toronto's Boston, Milwaukee, and then it's yeah. Miami or Indiana. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think I think the top that top half of the East going forward um, is very good. And if I'm Philadelphia, I'm looking at the situation like, wow, I don't know where we kind of fit into all this because from a talent perspective, Philadelphia might have the five, a better five than anybody. Right? If you just look at it, just from uh, Joel Embiid. Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris is a 20-point scorer in this league. Josh Richardson can be a 20-point scorer in this league. Josh Al, Richardson has yeah. been looking good. And Al Horford is a is a uh, all-NBA player. It's like one through five, no one has that much talent, but I think from a coaching perspective, they're terrible, and they don't know how to fit those guys all together. But Boston going forward, the East going forward is scary. Boston looks good going oh, forward. Okay. If uh, Brooklyn, if Toronto re-signs Van Vliet, you got him and Spicy P over there, and you know Nick Nurse is going to do his million thing. Dollar man. Yeah, we, yeah. Give, 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 hey, <laughs> hey, give Van Vliet all of it. Let him build a new community center in the 815. <laughs> um, Indiana or Orlando's always going to be that AC, but that's why when you look at the Bulls, it's like, man, we're not getting in the playoffs. Any, like, not, not, to, not to bring it to the Bulls, but we're not getting in anytime soon. There's eight good teams. Orlando's the worst team in the East, and we're not better than the Orlando Magic. So until you start getting better than the Magic and Johnny Wall's coming back next year, Brad Beal's coming back next year, right? Trey well, Young's going to get better, and Atlanta will probably get another player. If they lose Bertans, I'm off. I'm off Washington. Gee, Davis, <laughs> Isn't he already a Spurs. I feel like it's his, it's his duty to go back to the Spurs and 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 come home. With pops, like, come on, come on home. <laughs> if Bertans, if Bertans were to come to Chicago, I'm that. That's the first. That'd be the first jersey I I buy. In a, I haven't bought a jersey in a minute. I'm rocking a Bertans. Bertans. That's my guy. Hey, Boy, speaking of Pop, real quick, let's uh let's just pour out a little bit for that Spurs playoff streak that'll probably end this year every year since 1997 that is uh crazy, crazy success alvin gentry <laughs> alvin gentry's made it three times he's made it 27 <laughs> in a row <laughs> 27 <laughs> in a row and one how many what six five six uh five five, five. with five different players eight. different iterations of tim duncan uh tons of guys in and out tons of guys you've never heard of tons of european guys um yeah i mean that's just a crazy ass run probably one of the most impressive runs maybe the most impressive run we'll see in sports for a while as far as just never being a bad team man it must feel good to have a good organization and no san antonio fans are pressed at all if you're if you want to see the less the most just chilling fan base it's the spurs fan base like yeah we've been down a couple years whatever hey man pop's not gonna be around for that much longer man he's already starting he's already starting to delegate but they're still good they're fine hey man
it's just crazy that a small market like that can get five rings it's, it's, oh, and just always be good just always be solid you know what i'm saying and get guys to come down there i mean yeah right well tim duncan helped a lot with that but you're yes. your boy right hey yes. man can i see can i get a positive tim duncan word from you uh good guy great bank shot would you love to build your franchise around tim duncan listen i think i don't i don't i like guys just he was just too snoozy for me he's one of the best power forwards of all time if not the best if he was on your team you would love him you can argue about a lot of people but yeah probably for sure I love him yeah he's just a snooze fest that's why i didn't love timothy that's five of these hey <laughs> real quick before we get out of here what your thoughts on lebron coming in the stadium with his shirt open like will smith and bad boys i can do whatever you want man, can man. Do whatever you want i can do no wrong i <laughs> can do Rock no up. wrong do whatever you want, bro. Keep it rolling. For Big Nick Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. Let's know. Catch us. Sports Talk via Chicago for Tuesday, August 11th. Make sure you subscribe everywhere, man. We're available across the board. iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. You know the deal. For Big Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. No catch us. Sports Talk via Chicago. Let's get it. <laughs>